an Adam Sandler movie. One day they're knocking on the door with suitcases. <laughs> they're like, hi, we're home. And you're like, wait, I got three more kids now. Welcome to In Case You Get Hit by a Podcast with Abby Schneiderman and Gene Newman. I'm your host, Angela, and every week I'll be sitting down with Gina and Abby to cover issues related to organizing your life, home, and household. This week, we're talking about naming the right guardian for your child. She's 21, and she has a child who is 15. And so she says, so everyone says, well, how could you possibly have a child when you were six. And she said, well, actually, it's not my my child. But I think what happened was that it's her sister. And mm-hmm. their, one of their parents had died. She's six years older than this child. And she's saying, you know, everybody is like, how do you have a child if you're 21? And she's 15. But really, what it uh, comes down to is that she took over guardianship of mm-hmm. her younger sister. And she had been um, their their I think it was their father had mm-hmm. passed away, and um, and then the the mother had passed away only a few months ago. And she said, "I thought the best way to keep my sister safe, happy, and have all her needs and wants met was to move a couple of states over and have her live with me." And I was like, "Wow." Um, and so she says, right now I'm sitting in my car when all of my friends are hanging out because she has sports practice and I don't want to leave her. And, and it's amazing. She's, she talks about how she's happy. The 21 year old is happy to do this. And, and it makes her happy to see how she's smiling when she comes out of school with all of her friends. And, um, and then, you know, of course she talks about the fact that this arrangement was perfectly legal Mm -hmm. and that she had actually been awarded guardianship by the court. So I just, it just kind of like blew my, this whole thing just blew my mind. You could be 18 at that point, but you figure how many people, what's interesting is that she's that age. It's first, it's a 15 year old. Like if it was like a six year old, it'd be a different story probably. Like I think it'd be tougher if you were 21 raising someone. So clearly they, you know, have this relationship, a 15 year old, you know, you're one year away from getting your driver's license, you know, having a nephew that just turned 16, it's much different. Um, I wonder what would happen if, if his sister had to raise him, it would probably be, you know, you have to be able to get along really well, maybe going through the trauma of losing both parents, they both understand each other in a way other people won't be able to. Um, Maybe it's something that I know for her, it probably seems odd, because people say it's your sister. But she's also, you know, my dependent, which is, it could be a little stressful in that way. And hopefully she has other people that help her out. And who knows? I mean, maybe in this situation, the 21-year-old sister was the best possible option for doing this. Like, we don't know what what the yeah. other, you know, family members were like, if, the, if there even were other family members, if there was anybody else that was a logical, um, a logical other, you know, option for a guardian. And she just has to make it three years. I mean, when she turns 18, you know, that that's the funny thing. People think like 18. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's sad, but usually uh, your kids are part of your life a lot longer than that. So it's interesting as she's still learning about life at 21, having to help someone who's younger and deal with those things, you know, could be, it could be good for both of them. 
Um, it could be the moment in her life that it works out, or it could be just she has to step up because there's no one else. There's no parents left. And would it be better if an aunt or an uncle or, you know, grandparents, are, are they even an option? You know, is that is that a possibility? You know, we usually end up with that. I think what's really, really important is that every family has drama. Every family yes. has drama. I mean... Let's let's find the family that doesn't have drama. But it's always tricky to figure out what would happen in the event that if something were to happen to the parents, right? Like, who should they go to? Do they go to aunt and uncle? No, we hate aunt and uncle. Well, do they go to the other aunt and uncle? No, they live in Arizona. We love them, but they live across the country. Or do they go to the other aunt and uncle? No, yeah. no one's heard from them in years, right? Yes. But so it, it's there's or, or always... grandparents too, <laughs> because now you could. I know I, I I have friends that they're like they have to monitor their kids around the grandparents because the grandparents are a little salty, as Angela would say. I'm. I'm they're, 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 they have different views that they're like, we don't want our kids to hear this. And as their kids have gotten older and realized that they'll ask questions and they're like, why do they talk about people like this? Why do they say things like that? And they're like, oh, it's a different generation. But in secret, it's because they're really not fit. Like the kids would turn out differently if they were younger when they went there. Now that the kids are older, they totally be on their own. They're, they have their own views, their own lives. But if there were like, pre-10, you know, between under the age of 10, it would alter how they are as human beings. And that's terrifying for a parent to think, if I wasn't around, my kids would probably have a totally different life. And also, depending on how you were raised, because sometimes grandparents, like, uh, there's a lot of bits about it. It's like, these aren't the same people that raised me. They weren't this nice and friendly and sweet. You know, they were very strict and they were – so would they still be grandparent-like or would they all of a sudden snap back into like disciplinary and the kids aren't just going to take it and it's going to be a horrible relationship? I can't even – I don't even want to think about it, right? Yeah. But then I think about, well, what if I don't think about it? What if I don't make those decisions? Then what happens, right? Gene, yeah. what does happen if – so let's just say I don't make any plans, okay? okay. And Ben and I, make, Ben and I go down in a plane crash. What happens? To, and I don't have, a, and I don't have, I haven't named a guardian yes. for my kids. What happens? You right there. It usually goes to court because now the kids have to be placed somewhere. Someone has to, you know, like the kids can't just wait at home until someone comes to take care of them, and no one can just swoop in. And someone can, like for example, family members that are close can come and watch them in the interim and and care for them. And then the court has to decide who is best fit to raise your kids. How do they decide so they're, that? They're looking at next of kin, and they look at they'll look at grandparents, they'll look at, at they'll look at aunts and uncles, any of your siblings, like your sisters, if you have sisters, brothers, anyone, stepbrothers, stepsisters. They'll look at cousins. They'll look at there could be people that petition the court because they're like, well, we're best friends with that person, and we're we live right next door, and we all go to the same church, and we're all so they they would be in our family. So basically, it becomes it can become a fight over the child because there could be two sets of grandparents, you know, and which grandparents are going to get them? We think we could raise them better. Oh, you could still visit them because they're yours, but they're going to live with us and they're going to abide by our rules. And the other people put on a case and say no, they'd be better with us. So now it's up to the court 
to determine and they'll look at all the factors. If there's finances, who's more fit? Uh, are their backgrounds checked out? Are they most suited? And then all of a sudden your sister comes along and says, I'm the one that should be raising them. And, and here's why. Because, you know, I know her values and they get along with me great and I'm always watching them and they call me every day. So it would be a really seamless transition. I know how, how Abby and Ben would want them raised. So now the court has to take that into consideration. So what happens is after all of that, the court will make a determination as to who will be raising your kids. But isn't it possible, and- isn't it possible that the person who ends up winning May not be the person I would have wanted. It could be the worst. Like, that's what lawyers often say. If you can't decide on a guardian, pick the person you don't want to raise your kids. And now imagine that's almost certainly the person the courts will name to raise the kids. Because usually it could be someone who is got some scheming tendencies. They, they could see that, oh, wow, I can get benefits for this. I can get this money. I could take advantage. I could, you know, I never wanted to have kids, but I could do it. And you have to think, what would the kids deal with? Like, put your kids in that position. And you think, how would they get along with that? And the worst is if there's no one, because at least if someone's fighting, you know, people want the kids. You know, why does the foster care system exist? Because no one wants those. They're like, you just get dumped into the system. And ideally, someone comes along. But what if there's no one to take care? What if people are like, eh, I'm not ready to take a kid on. And they actually deny and they could say, I'm not fit to be a guardian. Or I'm going through some things. And that's another reason why when people look at lives, how many people do you know now when between when your children were born to today, are all those people exactly the same as you? No, absolutely not. And also where we they've changed like we moved. So I would say that, you know, up until to me, if something were to happen to us, I would want Mm -hmm. my kids first and foremost to be able to continue to live in the city that they live in to continue to go to the school that they go to, maintain the friendships that they have, go to the same, you know, camps, um, be able to do the same activities and not have their lives be disrupted any more than, you know, their lives will already be disrupted in this scenario. And so to me, I would look for, okay, well, is that possible with any of the people that I could name as guardians? I mean, even if it meant I might name a friend as a guardian, because again, this is like a a worst case scenario situation, right? And, and so that would be to me, what would be the most important are these, is there somebody that would continue to raise my kids with the same values that, that we have? Is there somebody, the person going to make sure that my kids may still see all their family equally? Um, That's a huge issue too. Would they, would they cut them off? I mean, we've seen that, we've seen that with elder care issues and elder abuse where someone kind of cuts the, cuts the grandparent off and is siphoning money and taking advantage and not giving the right care. And to get through that barrier to that person, if they're the actual guardian, it is, it is war because they're like, no, I'm in charge of this person. I do everything that they do. And I, I determine who they see, where they live, what they eat, the kind of care they get. And usually when it gets figured out, it's too late. It could be years later after the person has died and people are like, yeah, this is, you know, one of my, favorite actors of all time, you know, Columbo TV show, Peter Falk, you know, there's a law that's named after Peter Falk because of elder abuse, because later in life, he he was completely taken advantage of by a family. I remember and growing up. It's terrifying. Yeah. I remember growing up that we had some, our dear friends and, um, and, and, we, they always said, if something happens to us, we want to come live with the Schneidermans. Yes. <laughs> and, so, and, and, I, and I think that that may, I'm not 100% sure. I think it may have literally been in their will 
that that my family would become guardians. Uh, my parents would become their guardians. And and I have friends. I, I, I remember, Gene, a few years ago, we I was having drinks with two of my cousins and we and one of them lives. I was in New York City at the time. One of them lived in New Jersey and the other one lived in Arizona. And so we don't see each other that often. And at the and one one of my cousins has one child. One of them has three children. And at the drinks that we were having, it became they they each admitted to each other that they had named each other as guardians in their will. And I'm like, what? You didn't tell the other person that you named them as a guardian in your will? What if? What, so you're going to all of a sudden inherit three children and not know where they came from, basically? It's um, like an Adam Sandler movie. One day they're knocking on the door with suitcases. <laughs> they're like, hi, we're home. And you're like, wait, I got three more kids now? <laughs> you have crazy. to tell people. So that's, I yes. guess that's the other thing. If you do name somebody yeah. as a guardian, it's a really good idea to tell them that you named them as the guardian. Or, yeah. I mean, better yet, you should probably ask them if they're willing yes. to be a guardian. And if they are, then great. You've, you're set. Maybe that creates an opportunity for you to just jot down a few notes. Like in case something happens, this is what you should do with my kids. <laughs> and this is and this is this is what we talk to. Like we always we have listed out in the book on the site everywhere. Like you know what you can should consider when picking a guardian. And here they are. It's values. Do they share your beliefs and principles? Personality and lifestyle. What per, what type of person is the guardian? You know, what kind of life do they live? And is it compatible with your child's life? Religious views, which could be huge. Does the guardian share your religious or spiritual views? And will they raise the child accordingly? I mean, that's actually one Maybe even I want political to, views. I, I want to dive into. And that's exactly it. Like, if, if you said, like, oh, I love these people. They're great. But you are not religious at all. You know, you're not, you're not anti-religion, but you're like, I don't want the kids. And all of a sudden, these people are like, yes, if a child was in our home, we would go to church every Sunday, or they'd have to go to synagogue all the time, or they'd have to go to prayer. They'd have to all of a sudden, yes, you're going to be full Muslim now, and you're going to have to do the prayers every day. And they're going to say, well, that's not, like, that's not what we have for our child. They're like, but that's how we believe, and anyone in our sphere will have to do that. And it's something that you'd want to find out ahead of time, because again, we have different friends. And now how polit politics have got, has gotten so polarized. I mean, what if someone is crazy into conspiracies? What if they have the exact opposite views of you? And you're like, they're such a sweet, caring person, but these views worry me one way or the other. Like, I don't want them to be too radical in any way. I just want them to make their own decisions. And you know that kids are, it's, they're easily swayed. If they see an adult acting in a certain way or doing something, they're going to feel like, if they look up to that adult, they're they're gonna act that way too. And then what happens so, if you what happens if you name somebody as a guardian? Do you have to name mm -hmm. a second guardian? Yes, like you, you all, guardian you have, all you, have, you have contingent guardians or secondary guardians because. Or that's what if I say like I want to name my mom as a guardian, but if she becomes a conspiracy theorist, then I'm yes. pulling that and I'm going to my second my second choice. Well, you would have to if if any of that stuff happens. Literally, you run and redo your will and say, "I'm changing this out," because that, that that's a, that's a big issue. As people say, you know, we've seen people in their wills that haven't made changes. Like the interesting thing you mentioned about the fact that 
it shouldn't be a surprise. Like, you know what could be a good surprise? If you name someone as a beneficiary on a life insurance policy and one day they get a huge check, they're going to be like, wow, that's, that's, that's a fun, like, publisher's clearinghouse surprise. But having to care for children, there's a possibility that even grandparents will say, look, we want to participate in their care, but we're not at the right point of our lives to actually raise a young child. If it's like a 15-year-old, if it's someone who's going into adulthood, it's a lot easier to manage. But if it's a matter of, you know, changing diapers, dealing with other things, picking them up all the time, having to travel, if you have certain health issues, that kid could end up becoming a caretaker to them and they wouldn't want to put that in that position. Or maybe they do. Maybe you're going to think, my parents would basically treat my child as an in-house worker to do all their bidding because they're young and I don't want to put my kid in that position. And you could love your parents like crazy, but say it, they shouldn't be running it. The same thing happens because there's something, it's called guardian of the person, which is so, it just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, exactly. Guardian of the person, but there's also guardian of the estate. And this is another thing. Once you get thrown into this world, it opens up and you think, wow, I just thought it was a little hallway. And then you realize it's an entire landscape of, of hell usually for people to navigate well, a lot of a lot of things that you have to figure out and 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 different people that you can put in positions to be you know be, be in charge of, of di different things and but it's it's, yep. it's about thinking about it ahead of time even yep. though it might seem difficult but I do think that that's probably one of the reasons why people don't even do wills in the first totally. place is because once they get to this part and they're like all right now, who do you want to be your kid's guardian? And then the, you know, the, the parents look at each other. They each have different, uh, yep. you know, ideas of who should be the guardian. They get into a huge fight that night. And then they're like, you know what? Let's put this aside for a little bit while we think about it. And then lo and behold, they never come back and think about it or they push it off because they don't want to think about this difficult, you know, decision to make. But, and it is, I mean, it really is a difficult decision to make. There's no sugarcoating it but Here's a question. you just How have to make it because otherwise you're otherwise you're you're going to go with what you were talking about before you're going to be dealing with the default you can kind of make it a fun game you can kind of make it a fun game i mean if you get along if you if you're married and you have a good relationship with your spouse you can yeah. you can make it into a fun a fun little dinner time. Yeah, have, this you can have a glass of wine, sit down, say, I think you know, start with the people you don't want. Guardian. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely think it's, it's really uh, that, that lawyer tip, which is like, start with the people you don't want, because that's a lot more fun and conversation. And then maybe you're going to hit on someone that you're going to say, you know what, maybe they would be good because they kind of get where we're coming from. Cause I think it's not so much understanding just the child. It's also understanding the parents, because if the parents if they 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 provide discipline or care or comfort in a certain way, they're like that's more important to us than this person being somewhat sound. And I mentioned earlier that there's guardian of the person, but there's also guardian of the estate. And sometimes, it, usually, you want your guardian to be one person who also manages their money. But the guardian of the estate is someone who, whatever money is left behind, if there was an insurance policy, because you never name your child as a beneficiary who's underage because they can't take money. It has to be through some kind of guardian or third person, uh, third party. There's a lot to think about. It is That's a big. It is. I mean, it is a big responsibility that yep. that the guardian is taking on. Now, hopefully, they'll never actually be the guardian. And That's the thing. 
But it's also an honor. I would love to know that my best friends have chosen me to be the guardian of their kids. I would feel it is true. really happy because I, I know that if something were to happen to my best friend's kids, I would do a really good job of taking care of those kids. Yeah, it'd right? be it'd be and and to get back to okay, so here the the rest of that list of of things you can should consider somebody parenting who, style somebody who wants to be the guardian. Yes, right. Well, that's well getting to the parent the parenting style if they're already a parent. What's your style like? Is it different? You know, would your child thrive? Ability to act as a guardian, which we've mentioned, can the guardian handle the responsibilities and duties that come with the job? And it could be time, energy, health, financial ability, emotional wherewithal. The existing relationship with the child. Do they get along? I mean, that's another thing to ask because the reality is you could find out that your child doesn't actually like being around that person. Right. I think it's, I think asking if the child, I mean, some kids are too young to answer yes. that question. But if your kids are old enough, asking the kids, like, who who would they want to go to if something were to happen? They You might be surprised by who they say. And mm-hmm. and, and then you might it might give you an, a different idea. This podcast is brought to you by Everplans, the app designed to guide you through securely storing and sharing your most important information. We're pretty much everywhere you are, so be sure to follow us. We're at Everplans on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. See you next week.